Hey, my name's Grant Cardone. I spent 35 years creating a great life for myself and my family. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like if you'd lost it all? I mean, lost everything. Your name, your money, your credit. Got dropped off in a new town where you didn't know anyone and had to start all over. Well, that's exactly what I did. And you can watch Undercover Billionaire on Discovery Channel. Watch me go broke and try to put it all back together. I'm Grant Cardone, and I make money. I make a lot of money. I'm about to do something that is, like, beyond terrifying. It's hard when you got money. It's impossible when you don't. Weekends make you weak. Everything you think you know about achieving the American dream is wrong. I'm broke. Let's make it official. Whether it's 100 or zero, it's no money. I have to meet people. I can't think that Ben Franklin's gonna be my solution because he's not. I'm not playing the money game. I'm playing the contact game. Contacts equal contracts. And contracts equal revenue. So are you in a you're in a, your house right now renting? What are you doing? No, I just got to town today. Literally. You just got down today. Today. It was this quick. Today. So I need a place to sleep tonight. Okay. Cold night. Oh, it's hard to piss in this cold. Real as it gets right here. What's up? This is Elric Ong, and today I'm here with Angus James, and he's the producer of this show called Undercover Billionaire. I watched season one, uh, Undercover Billionaire, and the next one, I think Grant Cardone is going to be one of the stars. And that's why I'm interviewing Ingers about, you know, what is, what is it like um, producing this show, Undercover Billionaire? Cool. Thanks, Valerie. Um, what's it like to produce it? Yeah, what's it like to produce like, it? I mean, you've have, you have, you have produced a lot of TV shows like um, uh, I Am Jazz, The Rev, Sugar and Toys, uh, so many shows. But what is it like to produce uh, Undercover Billionaire? Well, I mean, one of the things about this show that makes it really interesting is um, just how I think scary it is for the entrepreneurs. You know, we're taking people that are very high net worth individuals, we're stripping them of their wealth and their name recognition and all their contacts, and we're dropping them off in a city they don't they don't know anyone. We we literally change their name. You know, they have a they have sort of a, a, a an alias that they go by. And um, they have to build a business worth a million dollars in 90 days, or they or they lose a million dollars of their own money. They're making a million dollar bet on themselves. So um, it's it's a wild ride. It's it's sort of like you know it's one of those, one of those where you just you're watching someone sort of like really uh, I think descend into like madness in a way. You know they they it's really stressful on them. It's it's a very stressful, intense show to make on the crew because um, there's a lot at stake. So for someone like Grant Cardone, who's pretty famous, I mean, in the online world, he's got like 6 million followers. Like, how does he keep himself undercover? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, there was there were people that would, that, well, we shaved his head, for starters. And we shaved okay. his head, right? And we had him grow a mustache. So he looked a little different. We gave him glasses. And he looked a little mm -hmm. different. Um, and when people would say, you look like Grant Cardone, he's like, yeah, I get that all the time, you know? <laughs> so people were, uh, you know, people bought it. Um, 
you know, I think at the end of the day, it didn't, it wouldn't really make sense as to why someone is pretending not to be Grant Cardone and why they're living in a trailer. I mean, he was living in a Winnebago, you know, selling mattresses at a mattress store is how he, you know, the first job that he got. So it's not exactly like it made a lot of sense that it would be Grant. So, um, and, and how, how was it like, like having a whole crew follow him? How do you all disguise that and say like, oh, this guy's just a poor guy and then there's cameras following him? So, um, yeah, the cameras, you know, I think they both work to your advantage at times, but at your disadvantage. So um, you're exactly right. You know, you, you can't hide cameras and we don't hide them. What we're saying we're doing is that we're making a, you know, a documentary about people who are, um, you know, um, trying to, you know, trying to trying to build a business from nothing. And so out of that, um, uh, you know, you'd be surprised. Most people just don't really bet an eye, actually. You know, people, most people believe, I think, what you, what you tell them. Um, and uh, it, 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 it's not much of an issue. I mean, it, if anything, it's an issue with some people that they might want to have a conversation with who don't want to participate in the show or don't want to be on camera. So in a lot of ways, it works as a hindrance, you know, to Grant and, mm -hmm. and, and co who are trying to, trying to build a business. And in some ways, it's probably advantageous. You have people who want to be on TV and sort of intrigued by that. Uh, maybe more, more, more open to it, but you know, we're, we're not trying to make a show that's saying like, this is exactly how you would build a business at home. It's just following Grant as he's trying to do it. Yeah. So, um, how is it like, like, um, thinking, like what made you think, did you come up with the idea of, of this show or yeah. do you, do you get this idea from, you came up with this idea? Yeah. 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 So how, how do you come up with it? Like, what was the thought process behind it? I mean, I'm interested in well, the mastermind behind most, this whole most show. Things in, most things in documentary and in and, and reality television, at least the way that I that my brain works is that they're a conversation with people. So, this show came about in partnership with Glenn Stearns. It was uh, mm -hmm. he was he was sitting around talking to some of his friends, and he said that he wishes he could go back and do it all again, start from nothing and do it all over again. So from that conversation. Um, that show was born you know he mentioned that to me and i thought well that's a show that'd be interesting to see if you could do that so what are the parameters of that how could we do that what restrictions would we put on and you know you sort of create a social experiment so i mean like i've been working in tv for uh for for over a decade and and before that i was making documentary features so following people and you know trying to tell sort of re real stories is is been something i've been doing for for a long time now um so it's just that it's thinking about what people would want to watch, what I would want to watch. You know, if I was watching mm -hmm. someone really, really rich, I'd want to watch them, you know, squirm, <laughs> go back to nothing, not have any money. Sleep I would definitely want to watch that. <laughs> with, you know, watch them struggle. Like we all have, you know, that's, that's, that's life for most, most people, you know? So, you know, I read that most people are two paychecks away from, from being broke. And I've certainly, you know, that was my life in my twenties. So, um, yeah, just wanted to uh, wanted to watch a show that I would make a show that I would watch. So tell me more about yourself, like as a producer, you know, producing. Like, what are the different shows you have produced, so you can tell the audience, and like, how's the whole journey from like when you first started to now producing like such big documentaries here? Yeah, I mean, when I first started, you know, you just work on little projects, like anything that catches your eye. I would go and follow. I'd make short docs. I made some feature docs and you just, you do that on your own time and you just do it on your own. You know, I was bartending through my twenties and I just like go and make something because I really loved it. I just fell in love with documentaries. You know, I think there's something about the camera that provokes people to be profound. 
Um, you know, I'd say like now, obviously you have social media for that, which is incredibly voyeuristic and, um, and, and, uh, you know, experience. And so I think a lot of, a lot of this can be had through just social media, but what I like to do is tell sort of more complex, longer form stories, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and I like to have stories to have a beginning, middle and end. I like to sort of like, yeah, figure out how to take all the complexities that's a person and whittle them down to, to, to sort of like a character that I can make sense of, that we can make sense of and how that person fits into this story and how that story, um, you know, ends up being a journey for them and with an arc and a climax and a beginning and end when real life just goes on and on. Um, so it, for me, a, a lot of like, you know, making documentaries, it's, it's, it's about that. It's so much of it is unknown. You know, when you make a scripted film or scripted TV show, you write a script. That's how it starts with this. It's a lot about your instincts. You're like, I, you know, I just I feel something here. I feel like the jumping off point. You need a good jumping off point. Like a lot of people reach out to me and say, oh, do I have a story for you? You know, I should be on TV. Do I have a story for you? And very, very rarely those stories are you know, something that you want to make a TV show. There's a lot of people have fascinating stories, but that's sort of like the medium of television, the medium of film, I think, is to tell a complete premium story, a longer form story, something active, something that's moving forward. So those are the things that I'm looking for, like what I call them transaction moments, you know? Mm -hmm. How many moments are there where the person is effectively, where something is happening, something's changing hands, whether it's emotion, or business or um or power or drama what are these transaction moments in the show and and you know what are the, what's the what's the likelihood that those will happen given this personality and given the the journey that they're heading on so as a producer what's a day in your life like like from like what time do you wake up what do you have a morning routine what's a day like in your life <laughs> i mean i'm just um, curious to know yeah yeah so i mean i run two businesses so i run a media company and i run a real estate company um, mm. so my day is, um, pretty mixed doing both of those things. Um, but I have really great people that I work for. You know, I think the hardest part about growing any business is scale and hiring good people underneath you. It's my daughter singing very loudly right. upstairs. You can hear that. That's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> um, and so I wake up really early. You know, I used to, I, in college, I could never wake up for classes. I would sleep through like a one o'clock class. Sometimes even my three o'clock classes I would sleep in. I was a terrible, terrible student. And, um, and now I wake up at like 5 a.m. I don't know how that happened to me. You know, I became like a morning person. I don't know how. I used to be a night person. But I, I wake up around five. I, I try to meditate most days and, uh, you know, stretch and exercise when I can. But I'm pretty much always working. I'm a workaholic and I love what I do. And, and now you're working from home, mainly. Sorry, the time oh, I don't. No okay, again. So, so how do you get started as a producer? How do you get started as a producer, television producer? Um, like, I mean, you started off with small little things, but how, how did the opportunity just land in your hands? Or do you study, do you study filmmaking or what? I, I, I think there's two ways. You go work for someone else who does this, or you just make things yourself. I'm not much of a... I was never a good, you know, student and I'm not a good employee. So I, um, mm -hmm. you know, I just went out and started making things myself. And so if you make things yourself, eventually, hopefully you're making something that people want to buy, that people want to do. And, and after you do that, you'd start meeting some connections. I mean, when I, I moved to Hollywood, I literally didn't know a single person. I didn't know a single person. I rode the bus in LA for two years. I, I, I couldn't even, you know, afford a car at the time. So, um, 
I was, I, I came back, I was teaching abroad. I, I was a teacher in Thailand for a year, teaching like six year olds. Oh, wow. And when I came back to America, I just didn't have any money and didn't have any family money or anything, but I wanted to always work in the entertainment industry. So I just learned from doing, you know, I started making my own projects, interviewing people, making documentaries. And um, for me, that was the path. But I think what most people would say is that you go work for someone else, probably, probably a good idea. So, but that's just not so, so, so at first you started like, just self-produced, self-published, and then you went on to um, go to Hollywood, like out of the blue. Like, how, how do you just get the opp- Like, I, I don't think anyone can just go into Hollywood and, you know, just be a producer, right? They have to have some form of connections or money or, you know? No, I didn't have any of those things. I literally didn't know a single person. And I, like I said, I was riding the bus and I was a bartender. So yeah. um, I just, you just make things make things i mean you, you can distribute you know look you're you're a content creator you know you're you're putting content out all the time so if if your content starts getting watched and starts getting coveted and people start reviewing it and saying wow this this is really great you know then people are going to want to be in business with you right it's hard i'm not going to say it's not hard it was really really hard and you know i got rejected so many times i mean the amount of times i took a project out and People are like, no, thank you. And But first, even before this, like, how do you even get in a room? How do you even make a meeting? But I ended up just emailing people, actually. I would find mm-hmm. someone who worked at a network, and I just emailed them, said I have a project. I think that's harder to do now, but, you know, I also had a, I, I had a track record at the time. I had made a feature documentary. I'd, then I got a job working for a, a pretty famous director. I worked for Barry Levinson for a couple of years, who was... Uh, you know, he, he made like Rain Man and Good Morning Vietnam and a lot of these classic movies. But mm-hmm. he had out, I was uh, just like a field director for him and going to make make documentaries. So I think you just make things. That's my advice. Just keep making content, um, make good content, you know, learn how to, you know, lean into the content that you want, whether it's short form, long form film or TV or what have you. And, and, uh, and then just keep pushing, asking people to watch it. Okay, so tell me more about your the two businesses that you run. I know you have a media company called This Is Just a Test Media or something like that, and a real estate company. Yeah, tell me more about them. Yeah. So uh, yeah, my my media company is called This Is Just a Test. Uh, we we predominantly shoot not do nonfiction, but we we did do an animated series called Sugar and Toys, which is like just a show I love. It's it's created by this guy Carl Jones who did Boondocks and Black Dynamite and. Uh, um, and Brian and, and, um, but most of the time, you know, we're creating like reality TV or, or, or documentary film. We recently did a project called scandalous, which is about the true story of the national Enquirer. and the national Enquirer, you know, you probably don't remember them, but when I was a kid, the national Enquirer was like, it's like, it was the biggest like tabloid, you know, it would like, it would be on like magazine shelves where you check out a grocery store. Um, and it sort of was like, it sort of became the, you know, the, the originator of propaganda in America, I think, in modern day propaganda in America. So we made a story about that. We have a tabloid president um, on the way out. So there's certainly, um, you know, I was sort of, you know, fascinated with um, with the idea of tabloid culture and sort of a presidency. I, I, I wonder how long it'll be till like, when's, when's the next time we have like really a social media, uh, you know, president or something like that. It'd be like mm-hmm. PewDiePie is gonna be president one day or something. Um, but, um, uh, so um, I think you ha- I think it will happen really soon. I think a social yeah, media so, president will happen really, really soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean Trump is in some way, but I don't mean Twitter. I mean more like yeah, like a 
like a personality, like a personality online. I think you're right. I think it's gonna happen soon. Um, so what was the question again about just how do I split my time between the two or how do I divide? Uh, no, 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 it's just like, what, what does this is just a media do, you know? Oh, yeah, what yeah. does your real estate yeah, yeah. do? So this yeah. is a test we produce reality film and documentary. We mostly make our money on reality TV and what I, what I love to do is make documentaries. I just don't usually make money making documentaries. That's my passion. But yeah, so about a little over a decade ago, um, first time I ever had money in my life, I bought a building, I bought a triplex. And so, and I loved it. I just loved, I loved it. I loved the process of like renovating a building, redesigning it. And what happened is like, you know, at the time I was 30. So, um, but you know, this, every, all, all the tenants that came were like 25, 26, and they just, young people really always loved to rent in my spaces. And so I just kept growing it. And I, I just believe that like, there's so much of the way that we live right now is ridiculous. You know, most landlords suck. Mm -hmm. They're terrible. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, ask your friends, like, who likes their landlord? Very few people are like, yeah, I like my landlord. Everyone's like, my landlord sucks. Because most landlords suck. They're greedy. They're, 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 they're sort of like mean. They don't, they don't fix your stuff when it breaks, you know? And you just like, so you pay all this mm -hmm. money to rent a place that is not that fun. It's not a fun experience. There's no brand that owns that space. So my thinking was like, there must be a way to bring affordable but also aspirational living to young people you know when i moved to la i was able to rent in koreatown i rented this it was a terrible apartment but koreatown is nice now but it wasn't nice back then i rented this place and i paid like 650 dollars a month you know it was it was mm -hmm. nothing i could i could make that in a week bartending so mm -hmm. now when you come to la it, I, I know like people who work for me who are in their 20s there's like three of them sharing a one bedroom apartment, like living in like little closets and stuff because you can't afford the rent. So I just think it's crazy. It's crazy that we pay so much of our income to, to landlords and what do we really get for in exchange? So in our buildings, we, we have some of the most affordable um, apartments in LA. Um, we usually tend to have a wait list to get into the buildings and there's a real sense of community in there. Everybody in the buildings, they're mostly in their 20s. Um, they're all creatives or entrepreneurs or doing something interesting. So people in the buildings tend to collaborate and work together. Um, and you know, it's all tech based. You don't have like, you know, an old guy, 75 years old walking around asking you to write a check anymore. It's all app based and you can unlock the doors through, through, through your phone too. Wow. Um, and it's sort of like, I hopefully like the future of living. So it's just become my passion, which has now become, you know, really my, uh, you know, a big business for me. So will you say like you're an entrepreneurial person since young or yeah. will you say you're yeah, an entrepreneurial I'm a, I'm, person? I really am an entrepreneur. And the thing about <laughs> making television is that you get to be an entrepreneur over and over again because every show is like a new business, you know, and every building in real estate is kind of like a new business too. And I really like that because I'm much more of an entrepreneur than I am like a traditional CEO, you know, like management does not excite me, but building things really excite me creating things. Okay, tell me, tell me more about it, that every show is a new business. Like, tell me more about like the finances behind that, you know, um, I, I believe probably you have to raise funds for, to, to, you know, the, tell me more about the business side of uh, producing a film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm somebody who not all business is creative, but the kind of business that I do is creative. You know, mm -hmm. I think real estate is very creative. And that's not to say that everybody in real estate is creative, but my approach to real estate it's a creative field for me. You know, I'm designing mm -hmm. spaces. I'm thinking about the way people want to live. Um, I'm trying to understand, mm -hmm. you, you know, psychology of, of, of people and of community and of, 
you know, our wants and what we're, what, what the, what the world's going to look like in five or 10 years. And are we going to want to be in one city or should there be a connection of buildings around the country where you can move to freely because people are not going to want to stay in one place. You know, those are the kinds of conversations I like having and those are the ways I like thinking. So that's fundamentally creative. And I would say the process of making television show is fundamentally a business too, right? Yes. It's obviously a creative field. Everyone's like, Oh, you work in the arts, but really it's a business. You know, we have a budget, we have a schedule. Um, you know, we have to, we have to hit that budget and hit that schedule. And so I tend to really thrive with creativity. That's like, restricted you know it's like mm -hmm. you got this much time to do it this is the budget and you have to make the best possible thing you can within those constraints i like that you know i, I think i think other artists like real artists i think like boundless creativity you know it's like what can they dream up as just like a just as as a as a creator as an art as an artist my brain doesn't really work that way my brain works more as like creative problem solving so mm -hmm. okay netflix needs a new show what kind of show will Netflix buy? What, what show is not on Netflix that they should have? What is happening in the world that everybody would watch? Like a Tiger King. What's the next, you know, Tiger King? So the search is both creative for that, but it's also, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, it's the study of sort of human psychology of, of, of zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. And ultimately it comes down to, yeah, each one of those projects is a business. You have a budget and you have to okay. deliver the best possible product you can for the budget you have. Can you, can you share a little bit more about the business side? Like, okay, so does Netflix give you the budget first and then you, you produce it and then, you know, they pay you half and half or how does, how does it normally work? Like, because uh, I'm brand new to this. I, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur myself, but I'm brand new to the film industry and everything. Yeah. Maybe you share a little bit more about how the business yeah, side No, works. it's, look, it's, it's, it's all different ways. The truth is it's all different ways. You know, just like if you just mm -hmm. say like, you know, how do you, how do you uh, build a product? Do you, do you uh, license a product or do you prototype a product? Well, it's both. Some I people license that. products, some people prototype products, right? So it's the same is true for me. Um, the way that I do it and what's true with a lot of, a lot of uh, the way media is made, although not all of it, is that we come up, my, my group, of my company, we come up with an idea. Okay. Um, we come up with that idea usually on our own. I mean, we're, we have friends at networks now, you know, we might be talking to somebody at a network and they might say, you know, we're looking for a business show. And, mm -hmm. and so what we do is we, we, we presume that everybody's going to bring them a very obvious thing. Like, how about a business show where like, you know, we take, you know, um, you know, a CEO and swap places with another CEO or something like that. Right. Like a lot of people will have that idea. <laughs> so what's a different idea? You know, the amount of people like come up to me is like, Oh, do I have a great business show for you? It's like, well, you know, I, I think the one thing that's funny about reality television is that everybody thinks they can do it, you know, mm -hmm. because it's not, it doesn't, it's not about your intelligence to do. It's just about, and it's not really an art. It's more of a craft and it's more of an understanding of human psychology, but you know, you have to understand that there's, there are really smart people who work in reality TV who spend their entire days thinking up shows. So most of the shows that anyone's going to pitch you, they've, you know, you've thought of before. Um, but I went off on a tangent. I was going to answer about, about uh, a, net, a network. So, so then we'll develop this idea and we'll say, okay, who could be in that idea? Or is there someone out who does that? Like one thing that I've been really fascinated with lately is like, is death, you know, this idea of death. And if you think about it, there's no television show that, you know, that no non-scripted television show that talks about death. There was Six Feet Under. There's scripted shows that talk about death. We're fascinated with death. 
But an unscripted show that deals with death makes very everybody very uncomfortable. Because like, what are you going to do? You're going to show people dying? How are you going to explore death in a way that I would want to watch while eating my dinner on a, on a television or that I have to tell my friend to watch that I'm not going to be so sad over doing. So we started thinking about death and we started thinking about it like, I wonder if there's anyone out there who is approaching death in a different way, you know? And, you know, we came across this one article where um, it was happening in, in China with a group of people, with people who were suffering from, you know, depression um, or anxiety that they would, they buried them. They had a funeral for them. They put them in a casket and they buried them for a moment. And then they let them out. And this whole idea of like, now you died. And now there's this rebirth. So we're like, okay, could that be a show? Well, we met this, we met this person who she calls herself a death doula. You know, she's from Nigeria, I think. And uh, she's fascinated with death and she counsels people. She, she says that we're all dying. Like you're dying and I'm dying. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. We don't know when we're dying, yeah. right? So I have no idea if there's a show there. I don't even have a show yet, but that's just an example of how it works for me. It's taking something that I know people care about. I know it's this is, death is one of the greatest mysteries um, of, our, of our existence, right? It, we don't understand mm -hmm. that. So is there a program in death that I can... That I, that I can, you know, figure out and solve. So once we have that idea, and once we have that character, then we, maybe we'll, mm -hmm. we'll sort of produce like a three minute, like teaser of it. That's sort of like, imagine if like, I was just pitching you a show called, mm -hmm. hey, I'm gonna take one really rich guy, I'm gonna give him a hundred dollars and change his name and drop him off in the middle of nowhere and he's gotta build a business in 90 days. So I'm gonna put that together and have him tell me this story with text cards and him talking and cut together a short reel it's like three minutes, much like plenty of stuff you'd see on uh, online with people make okay. all the time. And I take it into networks and I say, this is my show. Will you buy the show? Will you give me the money to make the show? And they usually say, okay. no, uh, we won't. And sometimes they say, yeah, we will. And this is how much money we'll give you. I see. Okay, that's cool. And uh, that day on the Clubhouse, Grandel was talking about something like Bow Wow, something along those lines. What's that show about? Like, yeah, you had an idea, right? Bow Wow something. Was it something like that? Or oh, okay, we are not supposed is to... Is it called Wow Wow Money? Yeah, yeah, Bow Wow Money. Yeah. Wild, 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 wild. So, so wild, yeah, wild so money, we have a show. We have a show we're developing right now. It's called Wild, Wild okay. Money. And the idea is okay. that, yeah, well, look, I did right now we just made a show, which I love the show, where we take someone, high net worth individual, drop them off with nothing. And we thought... How can we, what's the next generation uh, business show that we want to do? So this is, you know, probably more for you and, and, and maybe people who watch you, um, which you can, you know, you can DM me on Instagram if you're interested in participating in this. But basically, we're going to take 12 to 15 people that are going to be hand-selected by Grant. And um, he is going to um, invest in people based on both their idea, but also who they are as a person. You know, okay. their character, their leadership skills, their abilities. So um, the show is going to be about, um, yeah, just giving people an opportunity to win $1 million of Grant Cardone's money uh, oh, into wow. whatever business they want. How, how do I sign up? <laughs> or how, how can yeah. I? You're I, in. How do I, how, how... I'll tell you about it already. I'll, we just, all we have to do is change the interview. I'd have to start interviewing you now, and then you then we'll say. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm like I always say yes to opportunities. I always believe that, you know, like, yeah, I always say yes to opportunities. Um, I, I've done five different businesses before. My first business was a healthy food delivery business. So I see a deal with a bank 
and then we sent an, they sent an email to 10,000 of their staff to advertise for my healthy food delivery business. My second business was an entrepreneurship platform. So I built a sales team of 140 people. So I was leading a sales team of 140 people when I was about 19 years old. And then my third business, I ran a sales and marketing agency. So I helped businesses um, find ways to, you know, um, grow their revenue and increase the sales. My fourth business was a six-figure e-commerce business, selling cosmetics. And then right now I'm a coach. So I run a coaching business where I coach people on Facebook marketing. Right now we've got about 1,300 paid clients. Yeah, so, so I'm just, and I, I still own a few other couple of businesses here and there who are like, they belong to my students and I own like an equity in them. Yeah, so, so that's just a quick, like, that's just amazing. my journey. Yeah. It's amazing. So, amazing. So, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely say yes to opportunities. Would you call yourself an entrepreneur? Definitely. Yeah. Like, like I think if you cut my blood, you'll see sales or entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like since young, I love to, I love to sell things. I started selling things since I was like 16 years old. So like my, my, my dream was to turn 10 cents into a million dollars. So like 10 yeah. cents, for 20 cents, 20 cents, buy a candy, sell it to my, so, so I actually did that, you know? So I was like 16 years old, I turned 10 cents into $1,000 just by like cooking French toast for my friends and then selling it to them in class and this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. But I, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. My first business so, was selling gum in, in first and second grade. Your first business was selling what? Gum. Gum. Just chewing oh, gum. gum. Yeah, yeah because gum was not allowed in school. It was illegal in school. So if you have, you know, if you smuggle gum into school, everybody wants gum. Everybody wants what you can't have. So it was the only gum in school and people would pay more for it while I was there. So supply and demand, right? So do you think you would succeed if you became an undercover billionaire yourself? Like you became the star of the show and you had nothing, no no, no, uh, connections, no nothing. Yeah. No, because my brain doesn't work that way. Like you said, like you're you're a really good salesperson. I'm a really good salesperson, but only when... I really, really believe in, in the thing. And I know a lot of people say that, but it's just for me to believe in something, I have to understand it. I have to know it. I have to spend more time on it. I'm not, I'm not as like, I'm not as fast, you know, as real salespeople and sort of like serial entrepreneurs are, I got to live with something. It's got to become a part of me. It's something that I have to feel really, truly connected to. And then, and I, I don't think there's time in 90 days to, to, to do that. And, and also, um, you know, yeah, I, I think I have like a more like artistic piece of the pie for me that for me, it's not just about money. It's that that's not the only motivator for me. You know, money is like, Mm. believe me, I like in my entire twenties, I didn't have any money, you know? So it's like, I understand how money, anyone says, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. They're wrong. Money is amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) Money is amazing. (laughs) You know, there's no doubt about it, but um, you know, I just, it's not everything. It's not everything for me. And, and the, the, the journey and the sort of like the pursuit to have like a real meaningful connection with the work that you do is really, really important to me. You know, I think that's, what's really admirable, admirable about you. Like you are very creative, but at the same time, you're super grounded. Like you can feel from just the tone of your voice, from the way, you know, you're super grounded and like really authentic at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you yeah so so you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't start to, and would you say that you're that you're a good marketer like if okay let's say you wanted to market a product do you think that you could market any product with just you know with what you have no no i'm not i'm not i don't think i i mean you know what i am good at i'm good at like um 
I'm good at like more like like political marketing. My brain goes there where I could come up with like, you know, I could always come up with sort of like good slogans for sort of like political movements and things like that. But marketing, I don't, I don't really have that. I don't really have that brain. I, I, I have the brain of telling a story, right? So, mm-hmm. and a complete story. So it's like, if you were someone where you're just like, where I am good, it's just like, and more with people. Like if you're like, hey, I'm having a hard time figuring out my brand or my story, I'd say, tell me your story. And then I'd say it back to you. And I think that I'd be able to distill your story into a way that was both true and accurate, but also entertaining, you know, and had a, had a, had an arc to it. I think that's more of my thing than just like, just like a brand marketer. I don't have as much of a connection, I think, with inanimate objects as, as people. So, so when would the show Undercover Billionaire air? Like, is so, it like really? It's not like download, right? yeah. So right now, uh, Discovery Plus is like I mean, Discovery is doing what other you know streaming services are. They started their own sc- streaming service. From my understanding, it's very mm-hmm. cheap. It's like four or six dollars a month. So okay. and I think you can cancel it anytime. So if you if you go to dis- Discovery Plus, you can download that and um, and download the show uh, and watch it. Um, and also, you know, for anyone that still has well, if, if you have Hulu or something, Discovery is on Hulu. So um, you can watch you can watch it on Hulu. It's on Wednesdays at nine. Uh, Wednesdays at eight o'clock. Sorry, from Wednesdays at eight to ten, and after ten o'clock, you watch season one. You said right? Yeah, I watch season one, the full season one. Yeah, yeah. So Glenn Stearns, who's the star of season one, he does uh, another show, a spinoff this year called Comeback City, where we take him back to Erie, where we where we took him for season one. But now he he we ask him to see how many business he can save in um, in in thirty days. So he tries to save as many oh, wow. businesses as he can during COVID. In that amount of time, oh, so wow. it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. So so the first episode of under for season two is out already, or yeah, is it the, out first, already? the first episode's out already. The second one premieres tonight, so that'll be episodes two. But they're two oh, hour wow. episodes, so it's like oh, wow. it's a lot. It's a lot of content. You, you know, you can you can really okay. Like, I'll definitely gonna subscribe. You know, <laughs> you've been you've been on Clubhouse lately, right? Yeah, I've been on Clubhouse, yeah, and yeah, I, I mean the value on Clubhouse is crazy. Like yeah. Yeah. So you could you could spend like you know everyone's spending like hours and hours on Clubhouse. I think Undercover Billionaire in total is like across all the series and all the things like thirty something hours. So if you wanted to just lock yourself in a room, you can have all the Undercover Billionaire you want nice. for days on end. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely like it. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So if anyone wants to follow you on social media or do you have any website for people to go for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, the production company website is, is is an acronym for This Is Just a Test. So you can do test or just do tijat.com, tijat.com. Mm-hmm. Um, my, our, our Instagram handle for, for tijat is, um, is, is at tijatmedia, T-I-J-A-T. This is just a test media. Um, I'm Angus James. It's with, it's with an E though, A-E-N-G-U-S uh, underscore James on Insta and you know, clubhouse where we're, where we're hanging out right now, spending all our time. Uh, just, <laughs> just Angus James. Will you, be, um, will you be on clubhouse tonight? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm addicted right now. I'm so <laughs> Sounds good. I'm trying to, I'm trying to raise, uh, trying to meet some investors for, uh, for real estate on there. What are your, what are your goals on clubhouse? My goals are just to meet more people. I, I so far I've met a lot of like successful people, like, um, yeah. just this afternoon I was talking to Myron Golden and I was talking to Joshua Billy. Um, yeah, I used to interview like JT Fox, uh, George Ross, who was yeah. the former right hand of yeah. Donald Trump. A lot of cool. those people. What's yeah. your what's uh, be- what's your idea for a TV show? You got a TV show for me? Uh, an idea for a TV show? Yeah. 
turning ten cents into a million dollars, uh, but in cash, uh, you know, like not not like equity or something. <laughs> you can ask me off the bat, like yeah. But, cash, yeah. But how do I apply? How do I apply for Grant Grant Cardone's new show? <laughs> I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna let you know as soon as we're cast for it. Really, I think you'd be great for it. I'd love to have you on. Sounds good, man. Yeah, send yeah. send me the send me all the. Well, it will be the first time I'm on a TV show. <laughs> Thanks, man. It. Okay, so I'll just um stop this recording and then um for those of you who are watching in, make sure you like, comment, um subscribe, share, and follow Ingus. Okay, um I hope you enjoyed this interview, and we'll see you real soon. Alaric, Grant Cardone here. Great to see all the success you're having in Singapore. Electrify the world, bro. Is that what you want to do? Why don't you just give them the truth? The right people will find you, man. If you're telling the truth, if you're authentic, transparent, you don't even need to get them jacked up about it. I'm watching you, dog. Thank you.